take you through 12 things, 12 specific actions that you can take if your business is struggling, if you're worried about your numbers, if you're worried about you know the number of leads coming in or the sales performance, etc. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. I hope you're feeling brave, bold, and brilliant today. Well, listen, what are we going to be talking about? Well, we're going to be talking about what do you do if your business is struggling? Now, you might be a business owner, an entrepreneur, and you might have started your business recently, or you might have started it quite some time ago. Or indeed, you may actually be you know, running a part of a business for a larger organization. So what I'm going to cover with you today applies equally for those scenarios, whether you're an entrepreneur, business owner yourself, or if you're heading up a department for a larger organization. So listen, it's tough, isn't it right now? You know, and I wanted to jump on and do this video because, you know, there's a lot going on. We've got a very, very tough macroeconomic situation here in the UK. You know, there's all the forecasts are saying that we're going to actually have negative growth this year. Therefore, you know, what can we do? So as business owners, as business leaders, you know, you may well be finding that the numbers are looking a bit tough right now, or there might be a couple of threats coming your way in terms of what your competitors are up to. So whatever it may be, you know, that we're all different, all our businesses are different, but there are some core principles and things that you can do to actually help. So reason why I wanted to share this today is because, you know, I've been in business for, God, oh, 27 years, 28 years, and I've run very large uh, businesses globally in the corporate world as a CEO. But I also know what it's like to be an entrepreneur and a business owner of your own businesses, because I have a portfolio of businesses today. So I'm coming at it from both angles of big business, but also applied to smaller or mid-sized businesses. So I'm going to take you through 12 things, 12 specific actions that you can take if your business is struggling, if you're worried about your numbers, if you're worried about, you know, the number of leads coming in or the sales performance, etc. Now, there are lots more actions that you can take. Of course, there are. But what I'm going to do is highlight the top 12, the dirty dozen, let's call them, (laughs) the things that you can actually put into place. Because it is lonely as a business owner, as a leader of a department, whatever it may be, or a leader of a team, it isn't easy doing this stuff on your own. So if I can help share my experience, the highs, the lows, warts and all, well, then, of course, that's, a gr- you know, I'm really happy to do that. So if you haven't already, grab a pen and paper. I'm going to run through this. Now, you may actually be watching this on the live feed on social media. You may be watching it on YouTube or you might be listening to this as a podcast. So if you're not already connected with me on social media, please do connect On the podcast, Brave, Bold, Brilliant, if you're not subscribed already, then please subscribe and share it with your friends. And equally, if you're watching the video on YouTube, then it would be fabulous if you could also subscribe to Jeanette Linford on YouTube as well, because that allows me to share more content with more people to help as many people as possible. Right, so let's get going. Point number one, the first thing that I would recommend you do is you take a good hard look at your P&L and your cash flow in particular. Now, also probably the balance sheet, although I would say at this point of time, that's a lower priority. So your profit and loss account, you know, and what I would recommend is you start from the top of your profit and loss account. So the revenue, the turnover coming in, 
and you work your way down line by line because what that will do, it will allow you to identify where the issues are. So let me just give you an example. So it could be um, that the revenue, the income coming in at the top, money in the till, let's put it that way, is, is lower than you need it to be or it's been last year or versus your budget. Or it could be that actually that's okay and you know you're getting the leads in, you're getting the revenue in, but there's something else going on that's causing a concern around the profitability of your business. So start from the top, revenue line. After that, then it's the cost of sale line. So cost of sale is the cost of actually delivering the product or service. So this might be your input costs. You know, if you're in manufacturing, it might be around your raw materials, etc. So the cost of production. If you're a service-led business, you know, it might be, for example, if you're a travel business, that could be the cost of the accommodation that you put into a package. It could be the cost of the seats, the operations on the ground, etc. So what are the very relative cost of sales for your business is there an issue there is it that that has gone up which is then actually causing a impact further down the P&L that then gives you a gross profit one level after that you would then actually look at your marketing costs, your costs of distribution. And again, it could be that maybe you're spending a lot more on marketing, but you're not getting the leads in. Or it could be that actually your marketing's fine. That isn't the issue. There's something else going on. So when you take off your marketing, that gets you then to your gross profit two line. Um, And then really after that, we're into the overhead. And within the overhead, there will be quite a number of different lines depending on the complexity of your business. But that's essentially the central cost of running your business. Once you take off the overhead, that gets you to your um, EBITDA, your earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, amortization. So it's a measure of profit in simple terms. So as you can see, when you actually look down your profit and loss account, you will it will help you identify and hone in on where are the issues. So that's the starting point. In a similar sort of way, your cash flow. So cash is the oxygen for a business. You know, we have to be able to pay our teams. We have to be able to pay our suppliers, etc. So what what's the cash flow position for you and your business? You know, are you quite liquid or are you getting to a point where you've not really got enough money in the bank to actually pay people? So, again, you know, once you actually have got visibility of that, you can identify where the issues are. So that is point number one. I did say there was a lot to cover in, in here, but I hope it's giving you a flavor of what we're going to be getting into. So the first one, take a good hard look at your financial statements and identify where the issues are. Right. The second point is you want to get your team fully aligned briefed so they understand the position. Now, this may not be something that you communicate out to the whole organization, but certainly your executive team, your direct reports, you need them on the bus. You need them fully focused and you need to be transparent with them in terms of what's happening so that they can gather around you. You can come together as a team. That's what a team does. You know, a team wins together or not at all. A high performing team. So get your guys all lined up, bring them into the discussion. And then from there, you're able to really start to, you know, allocate certain specific projects or areas that they can then take forward on your behalf because you are just one person, you know, so you can't do everything yourself, even though you might want to, you cannot. 
So you need to bring people into your confidence. So that's point number two. Get your team rallied behind you so that you can then, you know, use them as well to help move you forward. And you know what? If a team is really tight and you you have a really clear, clear vision and purpose and reason why, and everyone understands that and you've got shared values, that is when you're going to get the most. And you know what? It's much harder. When times are tough, that is often the testament of a team because that's when it's really tricky, you know, and you need everyone firing on all cylinders. But this is not around trying to hide and shy away from what's going on. It's around trusting your team, building that trust so that you can all play a part in winning together and getting through these tough times. So that's point number two. Point number three, right, I am going to get into that top part of that P&L. Let's talk about the revenue. Let's talk about the opportunities, right? So this is where it's important to think creatively. How can you bring more revenue into your business? So there'd be a whole bunch of stuff here, you know, maybe a bit of a brainstorming idea. So it could be that you've got new products or services that you could introduce, you know, in terms of diversifying your income. It could be that, you know, you've got a very loyal customer base. Could they buy more things from you, whether it's a product, a service, almost like an add-on to the core proposition? Can you get more from your existing customers, um, but also give them more value at the same time. So really think creatively about your revenue. What can you do to bring more revenue into the business? Because that's at the top of that P&L. That's where it starts and then filters down. Um, Okay, so that's point number three. Point number four, right, revisit old leads. Now, so often, I think, in businesses, we get over-concerned about driving new business and about actually reaching out and getting new people to engage with us. And very often, we forget the existing customers that we've had. Now, these may be lapsed customers. They might be people that have bought something from you in the past, but they haven't bought recently. But they are potentially a warmer lead than going out and actually trying to find leads from scratch. So, you know, have a look at your database if you've got one. If you haven't and it's written on a scrap of paper, if you're a small business, then that's fine as well. But go back to those leads and, you know, previous customers to re-engage with them. Pick up the phone, get your team's outbound calling, telling them about a compelling offer that you might have. So all of these things are really focused on that top line of the profit and loss account. How do you get more revenue turnover coming into the business? So these are just some ideas, as I said. So point number five, right, let's get into this, right? You've got to reduce stroke control your overhead. Now, I will also put into this probably the, you know, the cost of sale line. In fact, let me do that first. Right. Okay. Point number five, because we're working our way down the P&L, right? So have a look at your cost of sale line. Now, this is often where you will have contracts with suppliers. So have a look at those contracts. Could you renegotiate the terms maybe so that actually you're able to, you know, Make sure that you're still paying your suppliers. They would rather get paid than not get paid. That is in no one's interest for you to go under as a business. So can you engage 
with your suppliers to relook at the terms and conditions and actually come up with something that is a win for them, but is also a win for you that potentially helps with that cost of sale line. Okay, so that's point number five. Number six, right, let's get into your overhead. Now, when I was the product director at First Choice back in the day, my boss was a, an amazing character called Dermot Blassland and Dermot was renowned for being a very, very direct. <laughs> And he used to, on a regular basis, you know, I mean, First Choice was a FTSE 250 business at the time. It was listed on the UK Stock Exchange and then it subsequently emerged into becoming TUI. But, you know, very on a regular basis, Dermot would call us in and say, hey, Jeanette, we need to mow the lawn. Yeah. And what he meant by that was actually taking a good hard look at our overhead and taking the cost out of the business. You know, so I would say, well, how much this time, Dermot? And he might say, oh, 20 percent or whatever the number was. And then I would go away with my team and we would literally go through every single line of expenditure. Now, if you're a small business, that might be something as simple as, you know, paper clips, I mean, toilet paper, every single line item and saying, right, okay, is this discretionary spend that I don't need to spend? Um, or is it actually something that I could maybe delay and push back? Is it something that I can just cut out altogether? Because the thing is, you cannot control your external environment, but you can control your internal space. So what you spend, your overhead, to a certain degree, you can control. So this is a really, you know, it's a bit of a ball ache, to be honest, to do this. But, so you know, if times are tough, you've got to do it. So don't shy away from it. Have a good look at every single line item, every single spend that you are putting into your business and ask yourself, is this either driving revenue? Because if it's not, actually, maybe it's something that you don't need to spend right now. So, yeah, it's painful doing this stuff because we all want to be in growth. But there are certain times when sometimes you have to shrink in order to survive and in order to then grow and go again. So don't be scared of this stuff, but don't stick your head under the pillow. You know, when things are tough and if the business is not looking where it needs to be, you've got to take action 100 percent. Right. OK, point number seven. Have a look at your bad debt in a business. Now, you may well have, you know, suppliers, the, or customers that have not paid you. And, you know, they, you would have normally like an aging debt uh, profile. So how many of those people, how long is that debt outstanding? Can you call it in? Or is it something that you have to write off, which obviously in a current situation, you do not want to be in that situation. But have a look at your bad debt and make sure that from the finance team's perspective, we're chasing up that debt. We're making sure that it's being paid because you need the cash in the business when times are tough. Okay, right, let's have another look. Um, other ideas, what can you do with the team, right? Because, you know, listen, let's face it, unfortunately, one of the big items of overhead is often people. Um, and it's really tough. When you have to get rid of people for the benefit of the overall business, it is the most soul-destroying, hard thing you can ever do, right? I've been there, I've had to do it numerous times myself, and you always want to do it in the right way, being as fair and transparent as possible, to send people off with the best situation, even though it's really tough and horrible. So overhead um, is often people, unfortunately, depending on your business, right? However, there are other things you can do. So, you know, could you offer, for example, unpaid leave, 
you know, where people get extra days, holidays or whatever that they take unpaid? Could you offer an unpaid sabbatical for people? So again, you know, you have to make sure you've got enough people to run the business. Of course you do. But there may be certain functions where you can cope with less in the short term while you're in this really difficult time. Um, but actually, then you're not having to get rid of, of people, you know, permanently, but you're giving them an option. And for some people, that might be great. They might have always wanted to go on that round the world trip or they might have just had, you know, become a grandparent. and want to spend more time with the grandkids or whatever it may be. So, you know, initiatives like that can often actually add to the well-being of, of your team, but can also mean that maybe you don't have to actually exit people from the business on a more permanent basis. So that's quite a nice, a nice idea. So that's number nine. Right, I've got another three to go. Number 10, what about your office space? You know, do you need all that office space or can you actually move into more flexible working arrangements? Hey, listen, I mean, hybrid working is is here to stay, in my opinion, you know, and certainly having gone through a global pandemic and COVID, a lot of businesses have had to actually take a lot of these actions already, right? Um, so hybrid working, can you downsize? Can you be more flexible? Could you actually renegotiate the lease with your landlord if you actually have got you know commercial office premises? So there's a lot to think about here, right? Um, but yeah, exactly. Thinking around flexibility, being agile, um, so that you're actually able to cut your cloth accordingly, cut your overhead accordingly, so that you can survive during these really tough times, right? Right, number 11, cash flow. So as I said, it's, you know, at the beginning, you want to have a look at all of your financial statements. But when it comes to cash flow, you know, obviously you want to make sure you've got working capital in the business. You know, cash is the oxygen, cash is the blood of any business. And um, if you cannot have, you know, if you can't pay people, then that's going to most likely lead to bankruptcy and, and not a very nice position all around. So having a good hard look at your cash flow. And again, are there certain payment terms that could be changed so that, you know, you're taking cash into the business earlier but you're paying suppliers slightly later for example so have a look at the peaks and the troughs of what's coming up with your cash flow so that you can plan accordingly so you know I'm a massive believer that what gets measured gets done and if you cannot see these core financial metrics in your business then you are working blind so let's make sure that's not the case you know whether it's a finance whether it's someone in finance that you've got whether it's your bookkeeper your accountant whatever it might just be that you need someone as a friend who's got quite a good you know numeric um, eye on things but you've got to know your numbers people you have to know your numbers right and then I'm going to come up with the last um, point point number 12 and I found this so useful during my God, nearly 30 years in business, right? So have a risk and opportunity schedule. So you will have your normal profit and loss account, right? You'll have your cash flow, you have your balance sheet and you'll have your budget. And then, you know, if your budget is changing, your, your budget should never change, by the way. You set your budget once at the start of the financial year, but what may change is your forecast. So what you tend to put into your budget and your forecast are the things that you more or less know, right? Or you've got more visibility of. You don't always get it right. You know, it will change. That's perfectly normal as you trade through. Um, but what you can actually have on the side of that is a risk and opportunity schedule. So what this does, all of those things that I've just been talking about, you know, at the top of the PL, we were talking about what opportunities are there to actually bring money into the business. And equally, you know, what are the risks? What are the things that you need to do? So 
on a risk and opportunity schedule, essentially what you do, you note down all of those ideas that you've got and say, okay, which of those are a risk, which are an opportunity, and you quantify it um, according to really the, the impact on your EBITDA and sometimes the impact on your revenue. You can measure both. I often measure both. And then what I do, I would allocate um, an indication as to whether that is a low medium or high chance of materializing okay so on your opportunity for example you might have identified a new income stream so you know if that's a sort of medium opportunity you put it on the schedule when it becomes high and you're to the point that you're actually more confident it's going to happen then of course you can bring it into your forecast equally if there's a risk let's t- let's talk about the let's talk about property right so the property market has been overheated for quite some time as we all know prices have been very high and actually all of the indications are with interest rates going up that the market is going to come down right price is going to drop um which you know from an investor point of view like we are that potentially is an opportunity i'm seeing it as an opportunity but for other businesses that may be a threat so if that's a risk what's the likelihood of it happening a downturn in the market the market that you're in and if that downturn is five percent what could the impact of that be on your ebitda on your revenue if the if the downturn is ten percent how much could that be but what this allows you to do with a risk and opportunity schedule is to essentially have a quantification of those those things that you can draw on as and when needed. So it's a great, simple way. It sits at the side of your core financial statements, right? Um, so listen, I have covered a huge, huge amount in this video. <laughs> I appreciate I've thrown a lot at you. I thought it was going to be a short one, but my gosh, you know, we're just keeping going. So listen, let me do a quick recap, right? So listen, times are tough. It's hard for businesses right now. It is looking like the UK is going to actually have negative growth this year. It depends whether you're listening to the IMF or whether you're listening to the Bank of England, you know, your different forecasts. And they'll all probably be wrong, actually. But nonetheless, it's not looking rosy, right? We can pretty much say that. So um, if you're struggling, if you're worried about your business and you're looking at your financial performance thinking, oh, my God, I am really concerned. What I have just taken you through are 12 things that you can do to take action to, to really um, manage that situation as best as possible. There is no guarantee, of course, but if you do these things, you've got to stand a much better chance of surviving, right, and getting through this. So it's not all doom and gloom. I'm all about positive action, right? Um, so even when times are tough, let's not kid ourselves. Let's actually just deal with it, okay? So I'm just going to run through those 12 again. First one, take a good hard look at your financial statements. You want to work your way down your P&L, your cash flow, and have a look at your balance sheet so you can identify where the issues are. Is it the top of the P&L that you've not got enough business coming in, enough money coming into the till? Or is it that your overheads have got fat? Or is it that your marketing spend has got out of whack and is, is you're spending way too much on stuff that's not actually delivering any revenue number two team you've got to get your team behind you you know when times are tough this is when teams really stand up high performing teams will will come together as one behind a common purpose behind the goal and really you know absolutely have your back as a leader of the business or the department that you run so get your team fully lined up, be honest with them about the situation. Obviously, confidentiality is important and is critical, but also then you can use them in the right way to help
help you get where you need to get to. Um, so team spirit is absolutely essential when, when the chips are down, right? Number two, look at your opportunities to increase revenue. Number three, revisit old leads. You know, it's not always about generating new business. If you've got lapsed customers, actually go back to them. Can you re-engage with them? Maybe you've got a new product or service that you that you didn't have last time they bought something from you. Right, number number five, have a look at your cost of sale line. So this could be, you know, the terms and conditions you've got with suppliers. Maybe you need to actually go to tender. Maybe you've been using the same suppliers for a long time and, and they've sort of like, you know, had an increases um, in their costs over time. Maybe you can actually, you know, put to tender or, you know, renegotiate your terms. So look at your cost of sale line. Point number five, overhead. Mow the lawn, right? Mow the lawn. You can control a big amount of your overhead. Look at your spend. What, how, Which parts of it are discretionary? Which parts have to still happy happen to run the business? But be really, really ruthless. And remember, Pennies make pounds, right? So sometimes it can be the small things you think, oh, that's not going to save very much. But you know what? It all adds up. So get a schedule of that. Okay. Point number um, number seven, identify any bad debt in your business. Can you actually go back and call call on that, that debt to be paid? Because that's going to help with your cash flow, right? Point number eight, you might have to have a recruitment freeze. So, you know, it's difficult at times like this because sometimes overhead means people. You might have to actually exit people from the business, unfortunately. But one of the things you can do is actually put a recruitment freeze in place as well. Point number nine, you know, offer unpaid leave, sabbaticals, maybe four day weeks, things like that, so that you don't have to get rid of as many people necessarily, but you can actually reduce down the uh, the payroll costs in that way. Point number 10, downsize your office. Do you need office space? Could you have remote working, more flexible working? Could you be using, you know, more hybrid options? Point number 11, cash flow. Look at your cash flow. Where are the peaks and the troughs? Can you change your payment terms? Can you get cash in quicker into the business? And point number 12, get all of that together into a risk and opportunity schedule because then you can see over the wood for the trees. You will feel so much better as a business leader or someone that's running a department or a team because what gets measured gets done. And then every single week, um, you should then be reviewing the actions that have been taken against that schedule and how much are you managing to recover of the position. So listen, I know I've thrown a huge amount at you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but listen, times are tough. I just wanted to share with you, you know, some of the things that I've actually had to put into place um, at times of downturn in the market and when trading has been difficult and, you know, businesses have been at risk of potential bankruptcy. So I know it's horrible, uh, but let's, you know, be here to support each other. If you need any help or guidance, just reach out to me. You know, I'm always there. And as I say, if you're not subscribed um, to the podcast, Brave, Bold, Brilliant, or my YouTube channel, Jeanette Linfoot, please do. It all helps. I really do appreciate it. And of course, you can follow me on social media as well, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I'm going to start doing TikTok as well, because I really believe that every single person has greatness, right? But it's not easy on your own. So my purpose in life is to help as many people as possible unlock their greatness by being brave, bold and brilliant. So I hope it's helpful. I'm here for you. And yeah, I will look forward to catching you another time. So whatever you're doing for the rest of the day, remember, be brave, be bold and be brilliant. Take care, everyone. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five star review.